0: This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers!
1: Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast, a podcast where we try coffee, any coffee, and give no bad reviews. It's our second episode, and you're here. Welcome. I'm Jenny, and I run all the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee.
0: And I'm Marcus, 2021 Good Food Award-winning coffee roaster, also at Modest Coffee.
2: And I'm Stephanie, and I have been the employee of the month at Modest Coffee for 32 consecutive months. Here's how this works. We are going to try the coffee black. We're going to add cream and sugar. We're going to add whiskey if we need to. Oh, it looks like we've got whipped cream on the table today. And we are going to keep drinking this coffee until we have something really nice to say about it. Son of a bitch. I agree, Cora. That was perfect. We forgot to mention Cora
0: the dog. Cora the explorer. So and she just sued.
1: wanted to make sure that we did not forget about her. Sorry, Cora, you don't just <laughs> go outside every time you ring the doorbell, especially when it's eight degrees outside in Chicago.
2: So, anyways, yeah. how are you guys doing?
0: Pretty good. I'm We're here Sunday. So
2: excited! I'm so excited to be here today, surrounded by donuts. We decided to do this because of your wonderful mother. It was my mother-in-law. She. Gave a gift to my husband that was a bag of ground coffee from Krispy Kreme. Knowing that you work at a coffee she roastery? She forgot. It was a gift with a couple of beautiful mugs. Um, we decided that if we had Krispy Kreme coffee, we should maybe compare it to Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Donut so Wars. today is Donut Wars. Donut Wars. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. We have
1: donuts to compare. Mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme versus Dunkin' Donuts. You yep. got glazed, right? Yeah. That's glazed. all I got at the Krispy Kreme, too. I got a mini one. It's as good as I remember from, Aww. like, last time I had one, which was probably, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, so I cheated a little bit, I guess. Oh, I knew you would. It was a uh, long drive back I know. From Krispy Kreme. I know. I took the 30-minute drive. You know, there used to be Krispy Kreme all over the Chicago area. And then they started shutting them down for some reason. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And, oh, uh, I can't wait I'm to like find out. I'm actually really interested to that's, find out why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a real bummer because I never had Krispy Kremes. We were a Dunkin' Donuts family. And then one day when I was probably like 18, I had a Krispy Kreme and I was like, what the fuck? Why have we been going to Dunkin' Donuts for donuts? Krispy Kremes are so much better. Well, we'll,
2: we'll talk about why that is too. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh,
1: so much intrigue. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> Drama. You know, Is it literal donut wars like happening in Chicago?
2: Sure. Like where these out? two companies have been competing for, for a while. Although I I feel like maybe Krispy Kreme is at war with Dunkin' Donuts and Dunkin' Donuts is at war with Starbucks.
1: Sounds to me like there's a hierarchy here and Krispy Kreme is at the bottom.
2: Krispy Kreme has had some struggles. I think they'll pull through okay, though. Well, I went to the local Dunkin' Donuts thinking I would be in and out, and they had the restaurant closed. It was drive through only. Um, I don't know if that's, like, normal. When I got to the window, I had to wait for the four people working there who were just sort of standing around to finish their (laughs) conversation before one of them leaned out the window and was like, "What, what did you order? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to Dunkin' Donuts at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning ever again. I know that.
1: Hear that, Dunkin' Donuts? You just lost yourself in 9 a.m. on Sunday, customer.
0: My first job was at Dunkin' Donuts. (gasps) Tell us
2: all about it.
0: Kind of like your experience where a bunch of people stood around and were, like, surprised that somebody was in the window. (laughs) That's kind of how it was all the time.
2: Did you get to make the donuts?
0: I started to learn how to cook on the fryer, but then they sold out to another bigger group of regional owners of Dunkin' Donuts, and um, then I didn't get to do it anymore.
2: So are you saying that when you worked at Dunkin' Donuts, they were hand-cut? They, they were. They were not cut by a machine. They were hand-cut.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I do not think that that is the case at Dunkin' Donuts anymore. I don't think so. We talked about how we're kind of Dunkin' Donuts people, and... I don't know. I feel like we should have a Krispy Kreme person here. I hope that we can be fair and balanced when we taste test everything. I'll be team Krispy Kreme. Um, have you had the Krispy Kreme coffee ever? Never. I don't think I have either. None of us have. Well, that's exciting. I
0: didn't even know they made coffee.
2: Yeah, until your
1: lovely mother-in-law passed it
2: along Yeah, to you. yeah.
0: Yeah, but maybe since we're brewing it, I'm excited about us brewing it because we're going to brew it the right way.
2: I actually am excited about us brewing it because Dunkin' Donuts is my go-to for emergency coffee when I need it on the road. And it is very hit or miss. It really depends on the particular franchise, on how long ago it was brewed. It it really can vary quite a bit. So Actually, I think the two
1: coffees are going to taste exactly the same. Oh. That's what I think. I think yeah. they're going to be exactly the same. I think that they're maybe even roasted by the same person and just packaged into two different bags.
2: That's funny. It could <laughs> happen. The descriptions of the two coffees are almost identical on the two separate websites. Wow! All right, so Steph's uh, lovely
1: mother-in-law gave her the Krispy Kreme Bold 1937 Dark Roast, so I went and picked up the Dunkin' Dark Dark Roast. Both of them ground
2: coffee.
0: Mm. Well, oh, well, now good. I'm really excited to try.
2: Yeah. Well, we just have to talk about the history of both companies for yeah, ninety minutes, s- and then <laughs> we can
0: yeah.
2: eat. I'm gonna start with the oldest company.
0: Dunkin'.
2: It's Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Krispy what? Kreme is like 25 years older than Dunkin' Donuts. What? So um, officially, Krispy Kreme was founded in 1937. But we're going to go back a few years before that even. Our story starts sometime around 1930 hmm. um, with a man who's completely unrelated to Krispy Kreme named Joseph LeBeau, or possibly Joseph LeBeouf. I saw his name spelled differently in was two it different like places. Was like Shia's great yeah, great grandfather Yeah, I going to say. <laughs> there is so much, there is like a shroud of mystery around the Krispy Kreme origin story. Oh, so I love a mystery. I don't, like, I wish I knew more. Um, Joseph LeBeau was from New Orleans, and he was working as a cook on an Ohio river, riverboat. And he became very famous regionally for these donuts that he made. He huh. made these amazing, unbelievable donuts that everyone... So Shia
1: LeBeau's great-grandfather... We're going to go with that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that Shiloh Beau should speak to a lawyer, (laughs) actually. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on like recipe theft. Oh, shit. But at the same time, in Paducah, Kentucky, there was a man named Ishmael Armstrong, who henceforth will be Uncle Ishmael. And he had a general store in Paducah, Kentucky. And he somehow acquired this donut recipe. Joseph LeBeau invented the Krispy Kreme donut and and didn't see a penny of that Krispy Kreme money. Somehow, Uncle Ishmael got the recipe and was selling these donuts out of his general store. And they were the talk of Paducah. People really freaked out about these donuts. In 1933, his 18-year-old nephew, Vernon Rudolph, came to work for him in the store. And this is the founder, officially, oh, of Vernon? Krispy Kreme, Vernon Rudolph. Oh. Um, I feel like it was... we missed
0: an opportunity to call him Uncle Vern.
2: <laughs> I am going to call him Vern, though. I do like that. Vern. Vern. All right. So, old Vern. So, Vern shows up to help his uncle, Uncle Ishmael. But it is... The middle of the Great Depression. Mm. And the store is not doing well. And they make a decision to move to Nashville, Tennessee, because they think they'll have more success. And they get to Nashville. Like so many people do. They get to Nashville in uh, 1934, and they decide to just have a bakery. Like they don't reopen the general store. They just open a donut bakery and they call it Krispy Kreme. Hmm. Uncle Ishmael is technically the owner of the first Krispy Kreme. So that was um, 1934 and they called it the Krispy Kreme Donut Company. By 1937, Vernon had enough money to open his own. So Vernon decided to open his Krispy Kreme in Winston Salem, North Carolina, because his favorite company already existed in Winston Salem. Smoky smokes. smokes. The Cigarettes? Camel Cigarette Company. Camels. He just wanted to move closer to the Camel <laughs> Cigarette <laughs> Company. That is definitely true. I read that in multiple places. It's a real commitment to lung cancer. Boiler <laughs> 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 alert. Vernon did die pretty young. I'm going to say he died of lung cancer. We're just going to go with we'll that. We'll presume. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or heart disease.
2: I mean, lung cancer. <laughs> He opened his Krispy Kreme in 1937 in Winston-Salem, and he uh, did not sell directly to the public. His business model was to sell to other convenience stores and different places. Crazy. So right off the bat, that was his idea. He would bake from midnight to 4 a.m., and then he would deliver. I found a picture of a 1939 Krispy Kreme delivery truck, and it is the cutest (laughs) thing I've ever seen. We'll have to post that on the website it's gorgeous 1939
1: Um, Krispy Kreme truck yes it's green
2: it's it's very cool um people kept turning up between midnight and 4 a.m because they could like smell the donuts cooking so he did end up selling if you came between midnight and 4 a.m you could buy a fresh hot donut right out of the oil from Krispy Kreme you had to look and see if the light was on to know if he was there Cooking donuts, which is something that Krispy Kreme retains. Like if you go to one of the bakeries, they turn like a big red light on. Wow! If the donuts are being cooked, which is like a (gasps) that is so fun.
1: We should do that when we're at work. So when people like stop by, we'll just take all of our hours off Google and just have a red light on.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Business expanded quite a bit through the '50s and '60s. Definitely that light. It's a great idea. Um, and he was all over the. Southeast. I think he did have a store in Ohio really early, but it was mostly all throughout the Southeast. And then he died in 1973. So the company was purchased in 1976 by Beatrice Foods in Chicago. At, a, at an estate sale? <laughs> at an estate sale. It was picked up by Beatrice Foods, which did not ring a bell to me, the name of that uh, company. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Um, Surprisingly. Which later became... ConAgra. Oh.
1: So Beatrice Foods was probably some cute little Chicago local thing, and then ConAgra was like,
2: we're going to take you now. Um, Beatrice Foods was definitely smaller. They were also assholes. Mm. They got in some trouble for polluting some waterways, yada yada. Imagine that. that. Sounds like ConAgra. The franchisees managed to buy the company back in 1982. And then they had a rapid expansion in the 90s. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 1998 was the first store in Chicago that opened.
1: That's interesting because if a Chicago company bought it in the 70s at the estate sale, it took them 20 years to open a location in Chicago. Isn't that funny? That is crazy.
2: They stayed down south for quite a while. Hmm. In 2000, the company went public. This is when we enter the SEC investigation chapter of the oh. Krispy Kreme history.
0: Shia LaBeouf's right great great grandfather was like, <laughs> "Pay up, homie."
1: <laughs> every time that I feel like every time a company goes public, it something happens badly after that.
2: Uh, listen to what they were Talk doing. Talk to the Koch brothers. This is this is really something. I was really. Surprised when I read about this. Well, not surprised because businesses are so inherently evil. Um, (laughs) Okay, so you have like the parent company, right? And Krispy Kreme franchisees have to buy all of their equipment and all of their product from, what is it? The Krispy Kreme manufacturing division. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot source your own anything. It all comes from... Krispy Kreme headquarters. So the the parent company was maximizing profits at their level instead of at the franchise level. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was franchises were competing with each other. They were opening so close together that they were competing with each other. And also during this time, they started selling donuts to gas stations, convenience stores, grocery stores. And so they really flooded the market with donuts the real diehard Krispy Kreme fans were pissed off to see donuts in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. I remember when that that happened. fresh. I mean, it was really people, like, they lost some brand loyalty due to that. They got to a point where the earnings were disappointing. They weren't meeting their goals because the franchises just weren't able to sell what was projected.
1: Well, I'll say one thing that I find interesting is that they started out as a company delivering to gas stations and and convenience stores. And that sounds like what is bringing them down what did yes what did become a problem their downfall downfall.
2: what took them up took them right back down (laughs) um then what the company decided to do to fix this whole cash flow problem uh it's called channel stuffing at the end of each quarter they would send all the franchises twice what they ordered so that on the books it looked like they had met their sales goal
1: You know what? That sounds like some multi-level
2: marketing shit right
1: there. The SEC said
2: there was no intentional illegal activity. The SEC investigated and said, well, it seems like you guys weren't intentionally trying to break any laws. Okay,
0: so
1: I don't know. This is a podcast, so nobody can see me roll my eyes, but I am rolling them. (laughs) Um, I
0: wonder if they had that SEC person like, In their pocket. They're like filtering or funneling him some donuts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The CEO of Krispy Kreme did not blame himself for any of the accounting issues. Um, He didn't feel as though saturating the market was the problem at all. Do you want to guess what he blamed for their... Poor sales. Dunkin' (laughs) Dunkin'
0: Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts at the
2: time had no problem with sales. The CEO of the company said the reason that their sales numbers were down was the Atkins diet. Atkins diet was ruining their business. Oh Oh. early two thousands.
0: Atkins was really popular back then.
2: That's like the no carb, just eat bacon diet. And um
0: I remember hearing about Atkins from the CEO. I was like, oh, I should look into that now.
2: Um, In 2016, Krispy Kreme came under private ownership of a German investment company. Marcus?
0: Jab Holdings? Jab
2: Holdings. Marcus just mentioned this company to me the other day randomly, and I was like, wait, I know about them. So what do you know about Jab Holdings?
0: I know that they're a conglomerate that's been scooping up all sorts of specialty coffee interests across the country. So I know that they own... Uh, they own Krispy Kreme, they own Intelligentsia, they own Stumptown, and if they're looking for a small to medium-sized coffee roaster in Chicago, <laughs> 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 just saying.
2: They are a global coffee empire. Pete's Coffee and Tea, Koorig, Green Mountain, Espresso House, Krispy Kreme, Panera, Einstein Brothers, Stumptown, Intelligentsia. They, they, own, they, the they own Keurig and Green Mountain? Yep.
0: Holy fuck. That's crazy.
2: Do you have like
1: their, their old school history from like uh the certain uh middle of last century?
2: I sure do. Oh, that's Ooh. like the Yeah. I sure do. You know, I looked at their website to see like who is and that company was founded under a different name in 1823 It's like a 200 year old company Shit. Wow. they were originally a um chemical manufacturing hmm. company in Germany in 1823 There is a timeline on the website and the first dot on the timeline is 1823 and the next dot on the timeline is 1980
1: but Oh, shit. So they like, <laughs> it's like in Wizard of Oz, like, do not worry about whatever's going on behind that curtain. We're just going to take you
3: years.
1: <laughs> 150 years. Don't 50 worry. Years in
2: Germany.
0: <laughs> like, we created for sure. i like cut that out, too. <laughs> Fuck. I,
1: okay, but you got to leave in the part where you say, I'm going to have to cut that out because I'm going to get sued by Jack.
0: <laughs> can I say anything about, can I speculate about Nazi Germany?
1: Okay, so you can say some sources say, but then you might have to defend your sources.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to say I have no clue. And all I do know for certain is that, you know what happened in the, that 100-year period? World War I and World War II. Mm-hmm. And, it,
2: and they were a chemical company. And they
0: were a chemical company during the same time.
2: I could not find any information anywhere that said that they were making any anything related to war. Oh. Like I oh, didn't read that. Okay. Um, then
0: for sure then that's but that's <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's the tell.
2: What they were doing was using forced labor. Oh shit. In there chemical plants, uh, they like, were legitimately Nazis. Uh, they were not good Germans, and they were uh, not, um, like... Were they using, like, Auschwitz forced labor? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Okay, so... Oh, my God. Yeah. horrible. Go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, they're not going to put... It, hey, you know, for this 150 <laughs> years, war crimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
2: war, like, literally war crimes. How are yes, they... that's what they were doing. How was this company not taken to Nuremberg? Um. Nobody seemed to know that they had anything to do with any of this until, like, 2019 when a Shit. newspaper story came out. And then the company was like, oh, yeah, we feel really bad about that. We're <laughs> oh going to donate a bunch of money to some, some Holocaust museums. And, yeah, sorry. Oops. Oh, my God. Oops. But what's interesting is this company is still owned by the same family. 200 Shit. years. Are you serious? There are currently four people who are siblings who own... The entire wow. company worth $50 billion. Jeez. Wait, how many pe- Wait, how many siblings? Four siblings. Four siblings. $50
1: billion. Yep. And they all own it together. Yes. Oh, my God.
0: That's 12 and a half each.
1: I'm like speechless. I know. I'm kind of in shock right now I'm a little that disgusted. it's still the feel same like company. I that's going to
0: taint my like.
1: I know. My I'm coffee. like looking
0: at this like,
2: box of Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm like, how am I going to find joy yeah, in? These? Enjoy your fucking Nazi donut. <laughs> oh <yeah>. god. <laughs> my
3: god!
2: <laughs> then they started investing in companies, buying up companies in the '80s. They got hmm. on that whole boom, and they started with cosmetics companies. And the first coffee company they bought was Pete's, and I guess that went well for them. And so they've really just stuck with. Beverages. Since wow. then, they have some money invested in pet care, too. You might want to see where your pet food's coming from. But mm-hmm. um,
0: who could have thought that? Oh, a little donut has got <laughs> such a history of like war crimes and uh, theft. It's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So March 2018. This is a headline: The family that controls Stumptown Coffee is grappling with its Nazi roots.
0: There you go. At least they're questioning. They're grappling. No, they're grappling. there you
1: go. Yeah, there you go.
0: Right. So, uh,
2: Dunkin' Donuts, founded by. Okay, now we get Jewish, to hear Dunkin German immigrant. What? So we are pivoting right now from the Nazis to the Jewish immigrants. Are you kidding from me? From Germany, we
1: fell into comparing these two coffees by complete accident. Yep. But somehow they are perfectly intertwined.
2: I want you to not get your hopes up about Dunkin' Donuts because it also has a rich, rich history. <laughs>
3: You Dunkin laugh Donuts. like a little bit like oh You just
2: <laughs> yeah. wait. You you're just like, wait. <laughs> wait until we get to the 80s. It all goes to it's shit the in the 80s, 80s yeah. for every you company. Know
1: what? You know, we grew up in the 80s. It was shit for us, too.
2: All right. So Dunkin' Donuts, you ready to jump I'm into this? i so yeah. We're here. for a new all story. Right. Okay. So William Rosenberg. Little Billy Rosenberg was born <laughs> in 1916 in Boston. His parents were German Jews who had fled. And his Fled
0: Krispy Kreme.
2: Fled Krispy Kreme. <laughs> uh, his dad owned a grocery store in Boston that unfortunately closed. Again, the Great Depression um, came along. And poor little, poor little Billy Rosenberg had to drop out of eighth grade and what? help support the family. Oh, my God. Aww. So at age 14, he got a job delivering for Western Union. Then when he was old enough to drive a car, he got a job with Simcoe. By the time he was like 21, he was running the whole show there. That's a go-getter. Um, he got a job at Bethlehem Steel. He was the first Jewish trade union delegate there. Get it, Billy. Yes. After World War II, he had $1,500 in war bonds that he cashed in. He borrowed another $1,000. It was enough to buy a catering truck. His first business... It was um, about $38,000. Oh, well, that's okay. a good start. It's so enough to capital. buy a catering truck I mean, that's today. pretty good. Yeah. He named his first business... Uh, are you gonna cut that out? That uh... yeah, <laughs> I might leave just one. Just leave it of, all in, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we need to leave that in. Uh, Industrial luncheon services was his first company, and he had a catering truck, and he delivered lunch and coffee break snacks to uh, factory workers all around the outskirts of Boston. So this is late 1940s, he's doing this. Yes, this okay. is, um, he started the business right after the war. Uh, he was so successful that within just a couple of years, he had like 200 trucks. Oh my God. Wow. I, you
1: know what? I this feel like there a was a day and age where you could actually do stuff like that. And I don't know why it's not like that anymore.
0: Oh, it is. You just have to have people that want to do the, that, you know?
2: People just don't want to work anymore.
0: People just don't want to work. <laughs> Nobody wants. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to manage 200 trucks of anything. Gosh. Yeah, I barely manage myself.
2: Yeah. It, it seems like it would be a lot. Right. He, um, and what he discovered was that the donuts and coffee were the most popular item. Like 40% of his sales was wow. donuts and coffee.
0: And he was using data back then. I know.
2: Yeah. Right. That's how he
1: got here because he was like real, sh- he was really sharp about it.
2: He was a really smart guy. He definitely was. Okay. So he decided to open a, a brick and mortar restaurant because the... The food trucks were doing so well, and it was just going to be a donut shop, just donuts and coffee. He called. He opened it in 1948. Wow! So this is like four years after he bought his first truck.
0: He's just.
1: I mean, it. this guy. I don't even know this guy, and he's probably what, like 22 by this point.
2: He was probably more like in his early 30s at Jeez. this point. He's um, a getter. So he opened Open Kettle, and then in 1950, some kind of marketing executive convinced him that he should change the name, that Open Kettle wasn't a good enough name, and he should change it to Dunkin'
0: Donuts. <sighs>
2: I
1: mean, I get it. What a Open
0: great... Kettle. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm going to go get some Open Kettle Donuts.
2: It just doesn't... It doesn't have It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have that same... Yeah. 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 Right. So they consider that the founding of the company, 1950. Okay. Even though that exact store existed in 1948. That's what their bag says, 1950, too. 1950. And the brick-and-mortar store did exceptionally well also. Oh, you know what he was offering? Most donut shops had five different varieties of donuts. He was offering 52 varieties of donuts. What the fuck? Holy moly. That was his gimmick. That's like how they
1: became Baskin-Robbins. Baskin-Robbins was like, we have... Dozens of flavors. 31, 31 flavors. And yeah. It, yeah that, it seemed like a match made in heaven then. Yeah. <laughs> they were just really into their flavors.
0: But now it's back to but like 52 five. flavors. You, get, like, you go to Dunkin' Donuts and there's like five flavors. How many,
1: I can't even think of 52 flavors. I donut know. I flavors. can't even imagine all
2: of Oh, them, like, I could imagine. Maple yeah. bacon? Yeah. Maple bacon, yeah, maple bacon
0: <laughs> donuts. Donut flavored donuts. I'd have like donut, like little donuts on top of a big donut. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, at Dunkin' Donuts today, they were offering a donut with a Stroop waffle on top of it. What? Yes. <laughs> See? <laughs> there you go. I should have gotten one because they were so funny.
0: A stroopy donut.
1: I like I like donut sprinkles on a donut. A donut yeah. on my donut. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> God, I cannot wait to eat the donuts. Let's please hurry okay, up and yeah. get through this history. Okay. You know what? We can't rush it though. That's true. Right. We can't we, rush it. We gave a lot right. of time to Krispy Should we cream I'm just like, take a donut right now? <laughs>
0: fucking like two boxes of donuts on our no. I mean, Krispy no.
1: creams are definitely tainted <laughs> for me. Patience. I okay. Patience. I, I am curious. like drooling right now though, right down my face.
2: Oh, all right. um By 1955, he was opening his sixth location, and that's when he was like, I need to start franchising. Because I'm fucking exhausted. So um, he started selling franchises. His son became the CEO at age 25. So he was apparently a real go-getter, too. Wow, Wow, 25. Family of them. Although, I mean... Yeah, I, I think maybe he had a leg up already. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know.
1: Did he really work his way up to CEO at 25? <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> they had like, a- he started at the bottom as like vice CEO. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> when he was seven. <laughs> and so that was in 1963. They already had 100 locations by 1963. So wow. 13 years they later. They were wow. killing it. Booming. Wow. Oh Well, let me just tell you what ended up happening to little Billy. In 1968, he bought a farm because he wanted to breed horses. And he retired to his farm. He's like, fuck it all. I'm done. And he actually, like, was really good at breeding this
0: particular he
2: he does Um, not fail Billy does not fail No, he was like this is what I'm doing now even though it has nothing to do with anything I've ever done and look at me I'm great at it (laughs) and he passed away in 2002 from cancer living like a very nice life it it would seem I know that if I
0: get successful it's like I want to live out my days making horses fuck
2: (laughs) 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 so beautiful let me wipe this (laughs) tear (sighs) <sighs> all right in 1990 they were purchased by allied lions allied lions is um a british investment company they were a beverage company spirits and wine mostly a couple other things um
1: allied already sounding better than nazis
2: yes okay allied lions also bought baskin robbins um, oh. ah that's when they, they were, went
1: together allied the, was like we need all the flavors
2: <laughs> They're just
1: going for all the flavors. They're like, we want your 52, we want your 31. Yes, all of it. I see something about 9-11 in those notes, so mm-hmm, I'm like wondering mm-hmm, what is going mm-hmm. on here.
2: Yeah, shit's about to go down. All so right. Allied Lions also purchased another donut company called Mr. Donuts. Aw, it sounds so cute. Listen to this. Mr. Donut was owned by Harry Winnaker, the brother-in-law of Bill Rosenberg.
0: Who's Bill Rosenberg again?
2: The owner of Dunkin' Donuts, the yeah. founder of Dunkin' Donuts. Oh. So his brother in law, Harry, worked with him at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh. And then he, so Harry and Billy had like a falling out of some kind. Harry opened his own donut shop called Mr. Donut. It was Dunkin' Donuts' number one competitor. Oh shit. Well, they had 550 locations geez. in the US, 10 locations worldwide
1: i've never heard of this company i've never heard of them either so this was definitely during the time we were alive yes
2: wow mr donut still exists as mr donut all over asia and they are owned by a japanese conglomerate called mitsui Mitsui. Wow. And I encourage you to look them up. I went to their Wikipedia page and started reading and I was like, oh fuck it, I can't. I can't get into like another evil <laughs> multinational <laughs> conglomerate, but right. there's a whole other story there with Mr. We can do a whole Mr. Donut episode someday. Oh. So, Allied Lion buys Mr. Donut and tells all the franchisees 550 in the US. If you would like to become a Dunkin' Donuts, you're welcome to. Of those 550, 549 said, Yes, we will become a Dunkin' Donuts. And that is how Dunkin' Donuts grew so wow. much in the 90s. I
1: mean, yeah. what, he's kind of a shady guy, steal those donut recipes. But that's funny because it's very similar to Krispy Kreme. Yeah. yeah. Shia's great grandfather.
0: <laughs> Talk about cease and desist. We are totally going to go. He's like, stop fucking telling people my grandparents own a donut shop. You got I guess he'll have to come on the episode and clear it up for us. Shia, yeah. open invite. Do your grandparents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you have an excellent family recipe that you'd like to come <laughs> talk about?
2: <laughs> Here's where things take a an hey, ugly turn okay. for our friends at Dunkin' Donuts. In uh, 2005, Dunkin' and Baskin Robbins are sold to a private equity. Oh fuck them! Consortium, always. consortium, yep. That yep, always fucks them up. I mean,
0: one of those. What's right?
2: Sure um, of some of which, some of the the private equity companies you've heard of
1: oh i bet Um, i have halliburton no (laughs) no nestle not that evil
2: (laughs) uh h lee partner thomas h lee partners is one of them i haven't heard of them and couldn't find any dirt so
1: they're probably very um, similar that
0: means they've probably got a ton of dirt that's what i was just about to
2: say i was like that's
1: their missing 150 years (laughs) yeah Yeah. this is their whole company
2: Uh, Bain Capital. Oh, oh heard okay. of them. Everybody familiar with them? Mm-hmm. Mitt Romney's company? It yep. was Mitt Romney's idea. It was, I'm sorry, it was Bain Capital's idea <laughs> to, to put together this consortium and to purchase Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and,
1: and um, I and, mean, in light of all recent political developments, Mitt Romney's kind of come out a little bit of a hero. Uh, I would Should not I hate say, Bain Capital You anymore? should
2: definitely hate Bain Capital. You yeah. should absolutely... Bain Capital... Became so good at purchasing successful companies and tearing them apart because it was yeah. more financially viable mm-hmm. in the moment <sighs> to just bust up the company and sell it for parts. Right? Yep. Bullshit. Mitt, I was almost on your side. Oh so my god! Close. They're the worst. Bain Capital. They're the worst. Oh wait.
0: We are totally gonna get sued.
2: This is what I do, I do know, know about okay. Bain Capital. Um, they manage 140 billion dollars.
1: Money. That's a lot of billions that is too many and billions.
2: what they what they really did perfect was um that ceos should maximize shareholder value rather than any other goals
1: because ah, the last the shareholders
2: <laughs> the last private equity group is the carlisle group
1: Now I don't know much about them. If you said the Koch brothers, I would have just died on the spot. Okay,
2: well let me tell you what the Carlyle Group likes to invest in: military electronics, military communications, and electric warfare systems. United Defense Industries, which produces combat vehicles, artillery, naval guns, missile launchers, and precision munitions. Would you (sighs) like precision? Fucking horrible. Because America
0: needs to run on something other than guns.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) so if Bain Capital is basically just Mitt Romney. The Carlisle group is basically just the Bush family. Oh, man. And the Bin Laden family. Oh, shit. <laughs> this goes deep. The Bin Ladens actually had to pull their money. There was like an embarrassing little incident. <laughs> oh, shit. An embarrassing little incident. Of... <laughs> this is my favorite part. I'm oh, so my glad God. we're finally getting to this part. <laughs> um, Shafiq Bin Laden was to be the guest speaker. At the annual investor conference for the Carlisle Group at the Ritz Carlton uh, in Washington, D.C. This
0: is after they purchased Dunkin' Donuts. Yes.
2: Uh, so let, me, let me just check the date on that. Uh, September 11th, 2001, Shafiq bin Laden is he was the keynote speaker for the Carlisle Group sh- investment meeting. What? Yes. Wow. What the fuck? so um oh man
0: i'm they, shocked like we've this was supposed so to be shocked. a light-hearted coffee podcast and Not now we you got like
1: major corporations
0: global this is fucking, like beyond
1: major corporations though. what, what have does we stumbled this even go on? into
0: oh my god why is there somebody <laughs> with sunglasses and a suit walking up to our front door right now guys what the fuck
2: um, is this how we get our podcast taken off the air oh my god. By telling <laughs> These people do not still own Dunkin' Donuts. A sigh of relief. While they did own Dunkin' Donuts. You're How long saying, did they own them for? They owned them until until recently, I think. Let did
1: Dunkin' Donuts fund either side of 9-11? Or both sides? <laughs> oh, my God. We can't say that for sure. Um, You don't have to answer that. I'm I, just going to leave that question out there. I
2: actually think... That, okay, Dunkin' Donuts actually became independent in 2012. Okay, well, that's... So that's how long they were owned. I can't believe... From 2000 to 2012.
1: I am, like, astonished right now. So the Carlisle group is Bush, the Bush family. And I was just about to, you know what? George Bush has been making all those paintings and stuff and, <laughs> like, doing this cute, sweet old man, like... Got wrapped up into something. You didn't know what was happening.
2: You just came from this family. No, he is not a cute sweet like, old man. He is a horrible, horrible person. Those paintings He's... are so... Sweet. Oh, am I not allowed to
0: say that about? Okay, you can have your opinions, but like I actually don't know what we're talking about anymore.
2: Okay, we well, we're talking about here's... the Carlisle Group and how
1: they own Dunkin' Donuts and yeah. how. The Carlisle Group was owned by Osama bin
2: Laden, or maybe right. no, not him, I'm, but the I'm, bin right, Laden cool. in the bushes. So where are we right now? <laughs> so right now, um, this private equity group owns Dunkin' Donuts. And here's something fun that they did while they were owners. They discovered that... Um, franchises that were single franchises where one person owned one franchise and that was it were a lot more trouble than franchises where one owner owned multiple franchises so what they did to try to eliminate the single owner the single franchise location wait who's eliminating
1: this what com-
2: and bain the so wait, they consortium
1: were consortium like, so they were like partners fellowship together. of like-
0: the donut ring or oh, yeah. evil rich so people get together. Salad.
1: So did they what else did they own though? It wasn't I'm sure they didn't oh, all come yeah. together just for Dunkin' Donuts.
2: Oh, actually they did just come together for Dunkin' Donuts,
1: Bask and Rabbit. The evil heads of power of the world, of the United States, in, in the Middle East coming together for donuts and ice cream. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is world peace. Um so they forced they forced single store owners into buyouts. To get rid of them. And what they did was, you know, if you have a franchise, then somebody from corporate comes and checks to make sure that you're not breaking any rules. And if you're doing something wrong, normally they attempt to help you fix it because they want you to keep making money. What they did was whenever someone did something wrong and they were a single franchise owner, they just sued them. Oh, what the fuck?
0: God damn.
2: They sued 154 franchise owners over the course of two what years, which is, like, unprecedented. Like, other companies in that same time period with four times as many franchises had, like, maybe eight lawsuits against franchise owners. Like, it just doesn't happen. I'm wondering no if that's wants why my that.
0: job sold.
2: Oh. Because
0: there was a bunch of inspections happening
2: mm-hmm. all the time. Wow.
0: This is crazy.
2: <laughs> in 2020... Inspire Brands purchased Dunkin' and uh, Baskin. They are the largest restaurant company in the U.S. I was curious who actually owns Inspire Brands. Oh, here it we is go. the Rourke Capital Group. The Rourke Capital Group, an Atlanta private equity firm, majority owner of Inspire. On the front page of their website, they explain that the name Rourke Capital comes from Howard Rourke, the protagonist in The Fountainhead. Ayn Rand. Yeah. Yeah, so now we know. Yep. Cool. So that's who's selling us our Dunkin' Donuts. I Better than Nazis... I they. I, 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 mean, I mean, the a group isn't, Although, but, like,
1: wait, if we go down the rabbit hole of Ayn Rand... Yeah, oh, right. exactly. Right. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, exactly. If, if these people are really inspired by Ayn Rand, then we've got problems with Dunkin' Donuts, too, for sure. Yeah, you I cannot mean, purchase something from a corporation and feel good about it ever. That is what we have learned today. Happy Donut Wars.
0: Well, yes, shall we so- brew some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll bring to you some messages from a local... Small, independent coffee roaster. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip, pip, cheerio! All
1: right, here we are. The olfactory reveal. Right now I am opening up the Dunkin' Donuts.
2: I want to quickly read the description of both coffees from both websites because they're so hilariously similar. Krispy Kreme Bold 1937 Ground Coffee. Rich and robust, a full-bodied blend to awaken your senses. It's like all it says about the coffee on the website. No idea what else is going on with it.
0: (laughs) 17 pages of donuts, three
2: sentences. (laughs) Uh, The Dunkin' Dark is deliciously smooth with a robust finish. Both say robust. Mm -hmm. Dunkin' Dark awakens your senses. Isn't that funny? They have the same marketing department.
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs> Let
1: me see the grind on these. Oh, here's an interesting. The the Dunkin' Donuts is a coarser grind than the Krispy Kreme. And looking at them side by side, the color of the Dunkin' is a much lighter color than the Krispy Kreme. They yeah. have
2: a huge variety of coffees on their website. Yeah. A huge variety of levels of quality. A huge variety of flavors. Um, they have like a coffee quiz that you can take on the Dunkin' Donuts website so you know which coffee to buy.
0: What do you like in your coffee, hazelnut? <laughs> and they're like surprise.
2: You would like the hazelnut.
0: <laughs> All right. Finally.
2: So Steph is pouring out the Duncan
1: right now.
0: I'm gonna get in get in on this O factory. Mm-hmm. Does smell robust and bold.
1: Is it awakening your senses?
0: I am awake. The <laughs> crispy cream, just right off the bat, is like really a tax. Tacks the nose.
1: It like gets right up in there, right. right up in your nose. Let's see. All right. So I've got Krispy Kreme in my right hand and Dunkin' in my left. Mmm. I'm noticing that the Dunkin' Donuts coffee has a um, much softer scent.
0: Yeah. If you start with the Dunkin', your palate's probably already yeah. messed up. Well, I but... didn't
1: even sip them yet. I'm just talking about the smell.
0: Yeah. My palette. nose palate? Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't uh-huh. know you could have a nose
2: palate too. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like the same palate. It's connected to your nose. <laughs>
2: so... Is it it because I'm just sniffing too much that they both smell the same to me now?
1: All right. So Krispy Kreme definitely has a stronger scent, fragrance, odor. I don't know. What would be the right word for that? seems like there's not really a good word for it. Aroma. Aroma. There we go. (laughs)
0: Ooh. um, All right. So
1: now I'm going to try them sip by sip.
0: I tried a sip of the... The Krispy Kreme, and that was, uh, again, aggressively aggressive. bold.
1: And I brewed these to like make sure the water temperature stayed the same and to make sure they are brewed at the exact same speed.
0: And that's interesting, though, because I took a sip of the Dunkin, and it's got much higher acidity, almost mm. like it's under-extracted a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, that could be because of the, the coarser grind. That always affects the speed in which it brews, too, yeah. and they're, why.
0: They're both very aggressive.
1: You know what? I think... I am, wow. I. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. Um, I am thinking that a little bit of cream and sugar are going to go really well in these coffees.
0: I was really rooting for a black win
1: I thought by Dun- Duncan. I was like, I, oh, thought I can so drink too. black. Yeah. Especially based on how it smelled when we
2: first opened it, it smelled much it yeah. smelled pretty pleasant yeah
0: very palatable uh-huh yeah
2: i can drink it black can i can you? drink Both? this dunkin donuts black yeah. and not have a that's problem with you're, it
1: that's probably because you, of those times you hit the drive-thru oh mm-hmm. yeah does it remind
0: you like is this as good as a drive-thru
2: it's definitely better than the drive-thru nice. because it hasn't been sitting for four hours which mm-hmm. is what the drive-thru coffee generally yeah. tastes awesome. like
0: do you normally drink your coffee black
2: i do normally drink my coffee okay, black cool. so that helps too right.
0: the, level i've let this. it
1: cool a little and i think the duncan black is my preferred over the crispy cream black
2: i agree the crispy cream definitely like has some bitterness it's definitely it's, it's got like little... an unpleasant aftertaste mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's almost reminds me a little bit of the maple bacon before cream and sugar yeah
0: without yeah. the flavor like yeah. without the added flavor without it's like that really smoke. aggressively dark yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
2: Right. i don't um yeah, I much prefer the Knuckin' Donuts, and I will keep drinking that black. I'm fine with drinking that black.
1: I'm going to add some Oatly to my coffees and see what that does, because we know that Oatly is the way I normally drink my coffee.
2: Um, my notes say Central African and Indo-Pacific beans.
0: Mm, so that's Sumatra, and the Sumatran's got a nice little like, tobacco-y, vanilla-y like, funk to it. It doesn't mm. take a lot, but I, I, I think that might be what I'm tasting. Does
2: it taste lush, well-rounded, and satisfying? Because that's what the chief marketing officer says it will taste like.
0: Um, I, I I identify more with like the robust and the bold.
2: I'm gonna finally taste a donut. I'm the only one who hasn't cheated yet today. Well, I'll be trying those in just a second. But I am trying my
1: coffee. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Old does tone down the Krispy Kreme, but it does level the playing field a little bit.
0: Yeah, I went full half and half this round, and on the Dunkin', I feel like, yeah, I would be satisfied with this in my cup.
1: Some coffees, you got to add some sweetness to bring out their best flavor. Right. Do you wonder if maybe having a little bit of a more bitter coffee is meant to be eaten with a donut? Like, if I take a bite of donut and then drink a sip of coffee, is that going to
2: do it. I just did that with the Krispy Kreme and the coffee was a lot better with uh, that sugary donut lingering. Mm. Krispy Kreme did specifically say that this coffee was perfectly designed to go with their donuts. The idea behind Krispy Kreme though is that they do want you to go with donut. Yeah.
1: I mean that makes sense.
0: I tried adding sugar to my Krispy Kreme and it's still not there. Mm. Yeah. And I'm and I'm kind of afraid to go to the Yeah, I know where alcohol. this is going. Marcus. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to.
1: Now Marcus is going for the whiskey. I have to say now I've tried the Dunkin' Donut in comparison to the Krispy Kreme Donut. By far Krispy Kreme is a hundred percent superior.
2: I'm about to say something very controversial. Oh don't eat it. <laughs> I'm not saying I like the Dunkin' Donut better than the Krispy Kreme. I'm having trouble deciding which one I like better. Oh. And the Krispy Kreme.
0: I hit it with the whiskey. You hit it with the whiskey? And this is, again, this is like, it's, It's. I don't know, maybe it's like the more robust a coffee is. I just added, it kind of works.
1: I just added more sugar to my Krispy Kreme coffee. So we'll see if that can get it to where I want to drink it.
0: You might have to pull out the big guns.
1: All right, I've added whipped cream to my
2: Krispy Kreme. <laughs> All right, well, the whiskey definitely improves things right on the Krispy Kreme (laughs) side
0: like it's weird how well it rounds it out I mean
1: whatever it works I mean yeah cheers I think I I like Krispy Kreme a little bit better with the whipped cream too are we all in agreement about our favorite coffee I thought Dunkin Donuts was palatable
2: just taking it one step to Oatly
0: yeah I think it needed less work to get there there you go
2: we all knew kind of at what level these coffees were gonna be right there's no surprises and there's you know diner coffee has its place
0: for Mm -hmm. sure so, Steph, who are these coffees for?
2: I think these are for everyone.
0: Hmm, that's yeah. nice.
2: I mean, I think it's probably
1: somebody who, you know, just is, oh, I love hitting the drive through at Dunkin', and so I'm going to pick up a bag of this to have at home.
0: And I feel like the Krispy Kreme, who that's for, is the 1950s steelworker who walks around <laughs> with a flask in his pocket. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just starting my day. <laughs> little little tipple. <laughs>
1: This episode was a wild ride through history. I mean, I'm still stunned from everything I've learned about both Krispy Kreme and Dunkin'. We're definitely going to have to take a road trip to Mr. Coffee right outside St. Louis.
0: Yes. That was the most inspirational uh-huh. thing I, th- I learned. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, great second episode. Really interesting. You did awesome research stuff. I was like captivated the entire oh, time. Thank captivated. You. I could not wait to hear what else <laughs> happened.
2: It was fun to read. And
0: who knew so much I drama mean, existed everything. around
1: coffee? Just, you never even think twice about it. Crazy. Dunkin' Donuts, just go get some donuts and a coffee. Hit the drive-thru. You don't even know.
0: Right. So much drama. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you like and share and subscribe. And rate. And rate. No on your reviews. favorite. <laughs> <that's about it.
1: laughs>
0: on your favorite podcast. Purveyor, purveyor
1: of podcasts.
0: <laughs> and if you'd like us to try some coffee, make sure you send us an email to hello at no
1: And also make sure that you find us on the social medias. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at no bad reviews pod. And Also, we're working on getting a Patreon set up, so hopefully that will be coming out soon. We've got a lot of really great ideas for bonus content um, that we're really excited to share with you, but we want to get this going first, but that's also coming soon.
0: Where we're going to try bad reviews of good things. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what does everybody like?
1: And I said Betty White. And then Marcus started giving her a bad review, and I'm like, "This isn't gonna work." This isn't gonna work. We can't it's like do we that.
0: will, like, literally get our house bombed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you do not mess with Betty White. No. Um, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Steph, do you want to sign off? Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modestcoffee no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.